You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody, we're back again. Um, and this week we've had all sorts of things. Uh, WWDC uh, has been announced. Um, the not invitations uh, have been sent out, complete with, uh, I believe, four different versions. So criminologists can go bonkers, blowing their own minds, trying to figure out what that means. Um, the event has been made uh, clear for the March the 25th. It's showtime and uh, various other things have happened. So uh, I'm joined this week by uh, the fellow Suffolk Mac a user group member and a Slack Room boy, it's Suffolk Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello. Hello. Ah, uh, well, quite a lot of stuff going on this week, Pete. Um, there is, isn't there? There is quite a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, I don't want to spend ages on the March the 25th Showtime event because we'll find out what they've got to offer soon <laughs> enough there, um, I'll be honest. But um, speculation is, of course, rife. Um, so I guess we, you know, I don't normally go too much into speculation, but shall we just chuck a few, uh, a few ideas in the air? Um, yeah. what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking this Showtime event is likely to bring us? Well, I, I quite like the idea that it's going to, they're going to launch their new streaming service. Um, you know, personally, I think they've missed the boat on that one, but, uh, they have surprised us in the past, um. Perhaps they will do to the uh, streaming service what iTunes did to the music business, um, what, 14 years ago or whenever it was. Yeah. Um, it's, um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what comes of it. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to come from it. I, I agree. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about a streaming service. Uh, some people are saying it's going to be free. Some people are saying it's going to be paid for. Mm. Um, then there's also this news slash magazines uh, uh, thing, uh, obviously based yeah. on the fact that they purchased Texture. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that the news and magazines thing is prob is, is going to be a paid for uh, yeah, service. Yeah, I'm that, fairly sure. I'm yeah. fairly sure that's going to be a paid for service. Um, of course, there's a lot of muttering that um, they're having trouble getting people to sign up for that because they want 50% of the revenue, yeah. which does seem a little bit steep, I have to say. Um, it, it does. And um, if Steve Jobs were still with us, uh, I'd have faith that he would talk them round. <laughs> but I'm not sure that um, um, that they're going to be able to do that. Well, we, I, I guess we'll have to see. Um, my biggest problem with that is... Can you actually encourage that many? I mean, when was the last time you purchased a magazine? When was the last uh, time you really looked at a magazine? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I'm struggling with that. I can't remember the last time I went and purchased a physical, you know, paper magazine. No. And I used to purchase them all of the time. I had, I had um, 
shelves full of them. Like, well, didn't we just? Yeah. You know, we used to buy car magazines and computer mm -hmm. magazines and lifestyle mm. magazines. I'm, yeah, you know, the the internet has crushed a lot of that. I mean, even um, even online magazines really, it, you just it doesn't seem to be a thing. I think they're really struggling. No. I mean, that might yeah. that might play into Apple's hands, I guess. Um, could, do. could do. I mean, I must admit, one of the reasons why I bought the um, the iPad Pro twelve point nine inch was that it's um, you can read a magazine on it really easily. Yeah, because of the uh, the bigger the bigger screen. I mean, some um, people, some people are also muttering about graphic novels. Um, yeah, I don't know, but then there are already services for graphic novels. And comments. Yeah. Um, well, we shall see what happens with that. The TV, um, again, I've heard all sorts of rumours, anything between a sort of uh, just a jumped-up version of what we've already got, um, like an aggregation service. Um, if that's all they've got to offer, I think it will flop, I'll be honest. Yeah. If all they're going yeah. to do is... Um, You've got to do better than that. Um, yes, definitely. And I suspect they will yes, do better than I, that. I, I, I think you're probably right there. Um, the only other thing I have to say about that is for all for all the shouting and arm waving, I'm pretty sure it will come out as US only because there's all this talk about HBO and yeah. Showtime and all these other services, and they're all US. So, yeah, you know, um, we yeah, won't. Yeah. I doubt us here in the U, uh, UK or the rest of Europe will see anything for at least another year. Yeah, I imagine so. So yeah. uh, I don't know, but I'll still be interested to see what they have to offer. I, I'll be interested to see how they go about that. It, if they do it right, um, if they do it right, it could, you know, it could, it could fly. Um, yeah. There's a lot of talk. I mean, they've spent a lot of money, apparently, um, you know, recruiting big names and, uh, you know, filmmakers and uh, stars, producers. Um, one that particularly caught my eye is they're allegedly going to make a sci-fi series of um, Isaac Asimov's Foundation stories. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, that would that would interest me. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember reading that back in the day, and you know that runs to quite a few novels, doesn't it? So that would uh, that would run. That for... would run for a long time. Yes, that's a it bit would, of a, wouldn't it? That's yeah. a bit of a Game of Thrones if you get it right. Yes. Yes. Um, if you could get that right, but we shall have to see. Um, yeah. And uh, one other thing to speculate on is um, what device would you need to consume that on? Would they support the um, Apple TV 3, you know, which I'd be interested in because that's what I've got, but would they force people to get the Apple TV 4? Well, the talk, the talk very much is um, I think they're going to have to be more open than that. The talk seems to be yeah. that, you know, it's going to be on Macs and iPads and mm. I, you know, and iPhones and the Apple TV and yeah. um, possibly, you know, other smart TVs because don't forget Samsung have done a deal with um, Apple for um, iTunes, I think. Of course, yes. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so it could appear on um, Samsung smart TVs. And I, if they're going to make it fly, it's going mm. to have to be more open than just on Apple devices. Yeah. It's going to yeah. have to be something you can pull out almost anywhere. Um, well, that's my view. I just think yeah, if you... No, no, I think you're right. Um, um, I mean, there's some there's some people who are postulating we might see some hardware um, on the 25th. Uh, the suggestions seem to be that it could be the... You know the basic iPad and possibly the iPad uh, iPod Touch, right? Um, 
with the the rationale behind that being that those would be you know ideal content um consumption devices not sure about that but possible i guess possible there we are um well and of course uh wwdc third to the seventh of june in san jose um no real surprise there i don't think um no uh, phil schiller um gave a rare interview um the uh i've got a link here to apple insider um and i it was at the accidental pod, uh, tech podcast so uh syracuse and co um quite long he's on there a good hour um talking about uh, wwdc okay um, yeah. yeah good listen good listen um he's got plenty to say that's for sure um hmm. about wwdc and you know yeah I shall have to have a listen to that. I see he appears in the first hour of the two-hour podcast, I see. Yes, he does. Um, I have listened to it. Uh, yeah, he, he's always, um, he's always, he doesn't give many interviews. I mean, he's famously, he's, he's turned up on, um, you know, uh, John Gruber's sort of WWDC live uh, show uh, hmm. once or twice. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got plenty to say there about um, WWDC and uh, all the rest. Uh, again, they're not letting on. Uh, well, why would they? But I, I mean, we can guess mostly, I think, what we're likely to see there. Um, yeah. Plenty of stuff about all the new OSs. Um, of course, lots of people are talking. Have you have you seen the um, not invitations? Uh, no, I don't okay. think I have. The, the, um, they're, not, they're not invitations because they send right. everybody an, an email with a thing saying, you know, enter the... Because they have a lottery, don't they, to... Yeah, you know, there's a lot more than five thousand people want to get in. Yes, I um, can imagine. Um, if you if you if you are lucky enough to be chosen in the lottery, you then have the pleasure of spending sixteen hundred dollars to buy your ticket. Ooh. Yes, it's not cheap. Okay. Uh, although, no, it's not. Is it? Then again, it is a week long, and um, yeah. I believe you get. I think you get like boxed lunches are included in that, and drinks, okay, um, beverages or whatever. Um, it's. They they've sent out this time. They've got four invitations, um, or not invitations as they are. Um, they say WWDC and the date, and they are they're based on four of the Animoji. There's, um, I think the strap line is right code blow minds. Um, <laughs> there's uh, the robot, the skull, the alien, and the monkey. I believe. Right. Um, and then like they have, uh, yeah, their minds are being blown. And uh, all sorts of app uh, icons and things are coming out of their blowing up brains. Um, some interesting criminology, of course, going on about that. Um, somebody, uh, I've got a link here. I've got a link here to who, who did it. Somebody has studied which uh, icons stay in, you know, are on all four and in the same places and all sorts of other things and attempting to read, uh, you know, meaning into that. Um, an emoji to test flight. Apple's four WWDC invitations, which aren't, are bursting with app icons. Oh, Apple Insider. Right. That was on. Apple Insider. Um, yeah. That's, you know, that's quite an interesting read. Uh, well, again, uh, some of the things they're trying to read into it. I mean, you know, Swift, Metal, um, Maps. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. There'll be lots of... Yeah. There'll be lots of new things, um, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I, I must admit, as um, someone who's lived through innumerable um, Apple events, 
shall we say. I've, I'm, I get less and less excited about them. I've got to say, I think you know, it's a bit like Christmas. You know, you, <laughs> you just wait long enough, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I must admit. Um, I mean, I I get you know I get really excited to to watch it, but um, I don't I don't get sort of super ramped up in the run up to what we're gonna see. Well, we'll find out when they come out and tell us. To be honest, um, there we are. Uh, and uh, Apple have also released some new adverts, but they've also uh released this one a forty five second video on why you should care about your smartphone's privacy. Um. Yeah, and that was a nice uh, video. I thought that was uh, really good, showing you um, every other aspect of your physical life. You put locks on, and you care about your privacy by pulling curtains, etc. We don't apply that to our digital lives, it would seem. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a very, um, it was very slick. Well, um, it was a, a yeah. very slick. Um, yeah. Quite clever because it, it doesn't really. Um, doesn't really reference the iPhone at all until the very end, does it? No. Um, so quite clever, quite yeah. clever. I like that. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's worth um, it's worth watching. As you say, it's forty-five seconds, and uh, they get their point across. Yeah. Um, quite well, I thought, in a short amount of time. Yes, very much so. Uh, very, very clever. Um, obviously aimed very much at um, your average user, of course. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, cleverly, cleverly. Uh, Cleverly put forward, really, as you say, the, all the thing with people locking their drawers, locking their doors, you know, um, pulling the curtains, covering yeah. their pin number, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then saying, <laughs> shouldn't you do the same thing with your phone? <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, just posing the question. Doesn't tell you what to do, just kind of says, you know, yeah, think, think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Um, and actually kind of related to that, um, the National Cyber Security Centre, uh, this is a UK government uh, website, have um, expanded um, from what was originally uh, aimed pretty much at uh, security people and mm -hmm. uh, I think to some extent enterprise. Um, they have expanded. They've now got a new uh, beta website um, aimed at everybody. Now, um, I can't say I'm necessarily a huge fan of the UK government of any stripe, to be honest, <laughs> uh, or nor really, you know, whether or not yeah. the UK government should be handing out advice. However, um, to be fair, this I, I've had a look at this. Um, mm. It's it's kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it, really. I mean, they're now added sections sort of for everybody. So it's got, you, you know, it's got advice sections and help sections and report a cyber mm. incident sections. But there's also like get advice. And then if you pop that open, it says like, you know, individuals and families, small business, self-employed people, that sort of thing, whole whole raft of different sections. And then that um, then in itself breaks down to various sections of advice. Um, I, I kind of guess that's not a bad thing to have. Um, I've had a look at the sort of advice they're handing out. It's all fairly stock stuff, you know. Um, yeah. Use good passwords. Don't reuse your passwords. Um, that sort of thing. But, in, yes, very much aimed, I think, at the, you know, man in the street. And um, Yeah, actually... although I've got to say the, uh, the landing page for that, um, I, I was initially confused by because the image at the top is a picture of the, um, the space shuttle taking off. <laughs> and I'm um, thinking... Why? You know, as someone who chooses images for, you know, schools, publications and for their school's website, I'm 
I was oh, trying with the relevance. Uh, because be they, yes, because underneath it says a lot has happened in the two years since we launched. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, you know, there's yes, yeah, silly me. Didn't get that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but it's a Launched. bit cheese. Yeah, it's a bit like why? Why has that got to do anything with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. For once, I'm not normally a big fan of this sort of thing, but I, I guess it can't ha- hurt to have a a kind of central starting point. Um, no, no, that's true. That's not you know for um, you know a- anybody who's unsure. Um, I I've also heard a couple of um, slots on the radio which I believe is probably promoting this, but say be cyber aware. Um, There was one I I caught yesterday where this bloke comes on and says, Oi, so I suppose you think you're hard. No, not you, your email password. (laughs) Why do you think that's important? Because if somebody bad gets hold of your email, then you're in big trouble, governor. (laughs) You know, like that, and then he sort of, you know, they can steal your identity, and and yeah, right. but just that, you know, at least it's um better than the normal government kind of public yeah. information film catches your attention, and I think it ends up with you know go to cyberaware.gov.uk or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, probably... if you follow if you follow some of the links from this uh, web page, you could go for individuals and families, for example. Um, there are sort of uh, common questions with some advice like I've been hacked. How do I recover my account? Should I pay a ransom to unlock my computer, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And also, they've got a link to Cyber First here, which is a um, uh, an initiative for 11 to 19 year olds, which I think is a, a, a good thing. Yeah, uh, good that the government's actually acknowledging the problem and writing uh, something for. Uh, 11 to 19 year olds who let's face it live in cyberspace yeah all the time so actually you know as i say i'm not normally because quite often let's be honest a lot often these sort of government initiatives you go there and they're terrible you know yeah rubbish this does not actually look terrible i won't say it's the deepest or most um you know un you know it's not very original but there again um you know good advice often isn't very original is it it's often the good old, <laughs> the good yeah. old message we've been banging on, you know, back your yeah. stuff up. I'm glad yeah. to see amongst the one of their yes. their top tips is back your stuff up. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, not a bad overall, not a bad effort. Um, it's in beta. They're encouraging people to uh, give them feedback uh, about how they should, you know, improve it or uh, develop it. So I, I think for once, I'd give that a thumbs up. To be honest, I think I would give that a thumbs up. Yeah, uh, yeah, same here. Yeah. Despite the dodgy image they use. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, there we go. Um, so that was that. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, well, we've got this one. Um, yes. is, is this going to be AirPods? Yes, yes. Apparently, <laughs> scientists have signed a petition saying that AirPods can cause cancer. Yeah, uh, this is on um, iPhone Arena or Phone Arena. I can't remember. Um, Phone arena. Yeah. yeah. Um, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So presumably, um, your risk is doubled if you are listening to music through your AirPods, eating um, fried bacon on a burnt um, sandwich. Yes. Toasted uh, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, which are all things that have been linked with um, cancer before. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Apparently, do do not use your AirPods while eating um, well done bacon on you know mm. on a toast in a toasty. Um, yeah, no, sorry, really. I, I'm a bit like 
Yeah, everything. Know, Modern life causes cancer. Well, yeah, there's that. And my other my other problem with that is, you know, we've had endless studies in the past. Do mobile phones give you cancer? Do yep. Does living near, you know, 250 kilovolt uh, electric pylon lines give you cancer? None of them have ever apparently turned up any evidence to suggest that they do. And, you know, we live in, in the EF soup, Pete. We do, don't we? You know, yeah. if you could see it, we're not walking around in, uh, you know, in an empty atmosphere. We're swimming through electromagnetic uh, radiation. We are, aren't we? You yeah. So um, I'm not sure that popping a, a pair of um, uh, wireless um, Air, AirPods in, in a couple of times a week is going to significantly increase your chances of catching cancer. No, I, I don't. Um... I'm not. I'm not convinced by that. That sounds like a one of those. Oh, we, you know, we've irradiated rats by strapping 500 AirPods to them, and some of yeah. them got cancer. Yeah. Mm, no. Um. No, I don't want to poo-poo these things. You know, I don't want to be. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure it's good that people do look into these things, but really, <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of these things, it's. Uh, you know, you have to weigh the risk, don't you? And how much yes. of a risk is it really? I mean. After all that scare about bacon and toast, um, mm. you know, some shall we say some more level-headed statisticians came out and said, "Yeah, sure, there's a tiny increase in risk, but <laughs> you know, unless you live on uh, charred bacon on burnt toast uh, <laughs> for years on end, I suspect the significance." Yeah, and listen, listen to Apple AirPods all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty four seven, um, jacked up to maximum. Oh dear. Um, there we are. Uh, this what this one um caught my eye. Uh, the Corel Graphics Suite twenty nineteen comes to mm. Mac. Um, yeah. Now this is only really of interest to some extent to me because uh, a long, long time ago in the mists of time, mm. um. Corel Draw, which is of course has always been a big uh, a big player on Windows, um, came to the Mac. I can't remember what version it was, five or, or six, I can't remember now. Um and at the time it was marketed very aggressively. It was marketed at a very good price. Um it came with uh, a CD full of fonts, uh, Bitstream, <laughs> uh, pretty much a whole library of Bitstream fonts, about two thousand fonts, I think. Um it came with a whole load of clip art, um, which was a lot those days um and uh, it was touted as you know uh corel draw comes to macintosh and 100 percent uh compatible uh, um, and back in those days i had uh, a few clients who used corel draw on windows mm-hmm. and uh, i thought it might help so it solve some issues um they lied they, they lied to me <laughs> they, it, lie, yeah. they lied <laughs> it was not 100 percent compatible it was terrible it was yeah. a diabolical piece of poop um and after a year they brought out another version um which they said this time we fixed it all yeah. we promise yeah um and if you bought the last version and were disappointed please buy this version and we'll give you a massive discount on upgrading so i did and uh it was no better if anything it was worse um so i never had any more truck with it i think it limped on till version 11 um before they killed it um and now it's back uh yeah it's back to the mac back to the mac uh now has mojave and dark mode support Ooh, ooh. yeah whoopie do whoopie do touch bar integration and more uh yes okay. and then uh you and i have had a look at this haven't we pete uh yeah what did you say about the price um 18.99 a month 
Yeah. Uh, although if you pay annually, it's cheaper. Mm. Or you can buy it for six hundred pounds. Yeah, you can buy it outright for six hundred pounds. Um, I must admit, when I first saw this story, I thought, "Oh, this be interesting," because I'd be interested to see how they've uh, priced this um, against, you know, Adobe's offering, mm. which obviously, as you know, you you, you rent essentially, and. I thought they would try to undercut them or do something differently. But it appears that they're going down the same route. In fact, um, they're going down a more expensive route, uh, eighteen ninety nine a month. Um, I forget um, what the. I mean, the the full the full Adobe Creative Cloud, hmm. which includes everything, obviously. Yeah. Um, is, I think is about forty. It's quite a lot. Forty pounds a month. Yeah. Um. Then there's. But, there's like the photo, the photographer's deal, isn't there? Which yeah. gets you Photoshop and Lightroom. Yeah. Um, and which I, is uh, what ten, twelve pounds a month, something I think like. It's, that. I think it's ten pounds a month. Yeah. Um, which you know isn't too bad a deal. I think if you're a regular yeah. user, that's probably not too bad a deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would be very, very wary. I'll be honest. Uh, of, of this Corel draw, I'm going to download the demo. Um, you know the free the free 30 days or whatever it is and have a play yeah. with it. But um, I'd be very wary of it myself. Um, yeah. And to be honest, of course, for £50 or thereabouts, you could buy Affinity Designer, yeah. which is, you know, it really yeah. is, you know, well known now, yeah. has established itself and, of course, has won awards. So, yeah, and it's a lot cheaper and available for the iPad. Well, I imagine Coral Drawer is as well. But, yeah, I'm... I like um, Affinity. So there we go. Uh, I will report back after I've experimented with it, but I expect to come back fairly disappointed. Okay. <laughs> I Good. certainly would not be yeah. looking to spend 600 quid on it. That's no. for sure. Um, and then we have uh, patently Apple. Um, Apple uh, have, have had a fourth head-mounted display device patent this month. Um, now... We all know Apple patent all sorts of things. Uh, yes. Obviously, people are interested in this because it focuses on a head-mounted display. Um, yeah. It, it, it's more interesting, I think, because as uh, Peyton the Apple have pointed out, first of all, they patented a motorized adjustable headband system, hmm. um, which was apparently designed to uh, you know, automatically uh, make the thing fit to your head nicely. Um, yeah. Then they had a thermal regulation system patent. Um, I guess that's yeah, on March 9th. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's yeah. fans to stop your eyeballs getting too sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because they can, uh, they, those head mounted displays, if you've got them on for a long time, especially if they're non breathable material, can, um, it can get quite warm and sweaty. Um, and then they had, um, a patent in Europe uh, designed to assist users avoiding eye dazzle. Eye dazzle. Mm. Um, which apparently, I, I, I didn't read into that too much, but it's supposed to uh, help you, you know, adjust your, um, not be blinded when you take the. Okay, yeah. When you take the item off. Um, and then uh, this one is for a face seal. Mm. Um to ensure that exterior light does not interfere with the content the user is viewing and to provide users with maximum comfort. Hmm. Um, I, I didn't know you had to, you patented that sort of thing. I mean, essentially the, the head display that I've got has got a, um, well, it's just a black foam 
um, and it's got little holes in the in the foam to make it uh, breathable. And I, well, maybe they painted that. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, strange. Um, I mean, it would appear it says uh, they're talking about multiple support members. Um, the support seal members are independent elements incorporated into the right. seal. Um, yeah. it's, for, it's formed from a resilient, compressible material compressing in response to engagement with the face. Okay. So oh, yes. So it's some sort of, <laughs> well, yeah. Guess what? It's almost it's, like a feedback. Um, it's a synthetic rubber closed cell foam material with open cell foam material. In other words, yes, it's a spongy. <laughs> it's a spongy. It's, it's got spun. some sort of... Um, it's a sponge know. with holes in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't quite understand what this is. I assume it's trying to... Um, yeah. I, I guess the point here is it's got some sort of reinforcing members in it to try and stop it sliding down your face or something. I don't know. Um, well, whatever else it is, what this yeah. thing looks like is exactly what you would think nobody really wants, which is a, well, a box strapped on the front of your face. Yeah, I've got to say the diagrams that... Um, accompany these uh, patents uh, show uh, quite um, uh, quite a large box <laughs> strapped to your head. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I don't know. You know, things like the Oculus and uh, various other things are kind of like that. This looks more like a VR kind of rig, mm. though, wouldn't you yeah. say? Um, yeah. It, yes. And then again, of course, in a patent, they usually just draw these objects as very square so. boxes yeah. to, to give nothing away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a large diver's mask, isn't it? Really? Mm, yeah. Um, but that that looks very much more like a like a VR kind of rig to me. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sure that if Apple are going to do something, they're going to go for AR, and they're going to want something that's much more like a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, definitely. You want my honest opinion on that? Yeah. But uh, yeah. interesting, nevertheless, you know, um, Apple are still, you know, are racking up patents galore. Um, yeah, I yeah. I guess um, we'll know more in four or five years' time when we're all wearing these. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, we're recording the show together with uh, VR headsets and we can see each other. <laughs> yep, there we go. Um, Obviously, we, we won't be doing that with Apple AirPods, though, though because we'll have cancer. <laughs> oh no yeah well that'll be the next thing won't it you know ar yeah. glasses give you eye cancer um, yeah that's it yeah <laughs> there's no escape oh dear oh dear um right uh what else have we got oh well under technology we've got something that caught my eye because i'm a mozilla user because i use firefox um they're They've launched their Firefox Send, which is a it's a free encrypted file sharing service. Yes, this um I think Mac Jim posted this in the Slack room. Um, it's yes, it's called Firefox Send. Um, and I've gone to the relevant web page and I've signed into my account, and it's yeah, really simple to uh, use. Literally drag and drop files into uh, an area in your browser. Um, and then you uh, send a link to them, and you can uh, have a password on there as well. Okay, it says here, this service allows web users to share files of up to 2.5 gigabytes in size through the browser while protecting them with end-to-end -end encryption and a link which automatically expires. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Um, all right, 
when Mozilla began testing this web-based sending tool, file shares were limited to one gigabyte per day. This remains mm. the limitation unless you sign up for a free Firefox account. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, to be honest, it, it sounds in, in a way very much like um, WeTransfer. Yeah. Um, or, well, well, there are several services that do that. Don't you? There we, are, aren't there? We, yeah. we send big files, those sorts of people. Um, yeah. Okay. If you've already got a Mozilla account, I think it's probably worth um, checking out. Oh, very much so. Yeah. So I've just uh, I've just selected a file to upload, and then you can choose. It expires after one download, and you or you can choose the number of downloads uh, before it expires, or you can choose days. You can do five minutes, one hour, one day, or seven days, and you can password protect it. Okay. Yeah. Firefox Send offers a link you give to the recipient however you see fit. They click the link to start the download. And they do not need a Firefox account to access the files. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. This, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to use that. Uh, yeah. It, it, um, I mean, we, I quite often use WeTransfer, yeah. um, which is free. Um, I'm not quite sure how they managed to support that <laughs> yeah um you know allowing you to send uh big files for nothing um mozilla is one of the more trustworthy organizations when it comes to things like this it says send is private by design all files are protected um okay well um there you go this could help firefox attract a new audience to its web tools and services hmm yeah Hmm. Firefox was once a top browser and a household name, but its market share declined over the years as the built-in options from larger tech companies took hold. Like IE, Safari and Chrome. Uh, no, sorry there, yeah. TechCrunch. Firefox came out in order to uh, tackle Internet Explorer. Chrome, I think, was the de- you know was the initial, uh, you know, took over from Firefox to some extent. But yeah, I'm just having a quick look at market share here for um, Firefox against... Uh... Let's have a look. Got all the uh, usual ones. Uh, I think Firefox is having a bit of a resurgence because they it it did become quite um quite slow and overblown until they uh they they revamped it, didn't they? Um, called it Firefox Quantum, I think. And that was a um you know an update to the whole to whole right. way it worked. Um, so yeah, I think Firefox is probably growing again at the minute, particularly as a lot of people are trying to move away from chrome yeah um people are coming you know more and more people i think are becoming disillusioned with the whole um google um i don't know what the googleopoly <laughs> yes googleopoly the yeah. G- yeah the googleopoly yeah. um so there we go and of course uh there are other browsers are rising on the rise and on the back of that dropbox has uh limits free users to three devices now yes um dropbox is uh the link I've got here is from PC Mag, but um, I'm sure it'll, it's probably all over the place. Um, Dropbox will limit account linking to three devices for free users. Um, I don't know how much of a problem that is. Um, no, I, I mean, I've got a Dropbox account. I use it on three devices at the moment, uh, iPad, iPhone and Mac. Yeah, I mean, it says good news is that this change will only apply to new devices you attempt to link to your account. In order to exceed this limit, you'll need to upgrade your Dropbox account to a paid plan. Um, I don't know how many devices I've got linked to my Dropbox account. Um, it, well, it's probably more than three, although I probably only really use three. Um, 
Yeah, you might need to go into your Dropbox account and just uh, um, delete a few of those. Well, as far as I can, as far as I can see, um, if you already have uh, more than three, they're not going to. Um, they're not going to oh. cut you off. So if you've already, you know, if you've already got like ten devices connected, then yeah. you can continue to use those ten. Um, as they say here, it's uh, likely intended to nudge free users into yeah. a paid plan. Um, a plus account starts at uh, ten dollars a month for one terabyte of storage. Um, if you want my honest, honest, honest view of that, it's. I would have thought likely to push more people over to uh, OneDrive or um or, or maybe iCloud I, I if you're using a Mac. Well, and... obviously, if you're you know if you're on on uh, in the Apple ecosphere, the iCloud. Yeah. Um, but I would suspect um it there are a lot of people who might now decide to drop uh Dropbox and um. I mean, if you know, if you're an Office subscriber, you get one terabyte. Is it for free in, on OneDrive, or it might even be unlimited? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, I'm not sure because I've got an um, educational uh, account, and um, I think it's uh, yeah unlimited and it's free. So yeah, I think if you're if you're an Office 365, I think it might be one terabyte. Um, yeah, but it you know. Um, because Dropbox was always fairly stingy, to be honest, with what it, it, was, gave, you, it? What it yeah. gave you for free. Um, and I pay- think now they, they charge $9.99 a month for one terabyte of storage, whereas mm. um, iCloud charge two, ter- two terabytes for six ninety nine uh, pounds Right, which um, probably works out about the same, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not going to push me to stop using Dropbox. Um, but I don't pay. Um, I have, but I have quite a, relatively speaking, quite a lot of space on Dropbox because I was an early user and I yeah. recommended it to a lot of people and I got quite a lot of um, free space yeah. that way from the uh, referral bonus. Yes. Yeah, that was quite handy in the early days, wasn't it? Like, you know, I've, got, I've got about seven and a half gigabytes of um, space there, which um, I only use it for uh, our village um, magazine stuff. So I'm kind of only about halfway through that. Yeah, I I think mine's, I think I've got about 20. Um, I've got oh, about, you did well, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've got about 20 on, um, I think it's 20 or 25 on OneDrive. Um, because when um, Microsoft first launched that, um, when they brought out a, an app for iOS in like 2008, it was like uh, in, install the, uh, it wasn't called OneDrive then, it was called something else. Um, but uh, it was like sign up as an early user and uh, put something in your Dropbox from your, uh, sorry, in your OneDrive um, from your iPhone. Yeah. And uh, we'll give you 20 gig of data you know storage free forever yeah um they tried to take that away from some people but uh i'm still grandfathered in because all i did was send them an email going no i'm still using that thank you um so i have quite a lot of uh one drive space and the other one i use of course is mega which will give you 50 gigabytes for free really yeah um they do limit the amount of um up down traffic per month that you use on that but it's a good place to store stuff yeah, well, I, don't, I don't think I know that. that. Oh, I'll look that up. Mind it's you, having a, said that, it's mega dot nz is uh, is where that is. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Because of uh, I've got my iCloud iCloud account and a little bit of space on Dropbox, and through the school 
I've got uh, Google Drive and uh, OneDrive. Um, I'm fairly well. Yes, um, I think the yeah, truth of this catered but... for. It's not. It's not that hard, is it, really, to collect quite a lot of these services and have, um, you know, bits and pieces all over the place. Um, yeah. So I don't know. The Mozilla one uh, sounds interesting. Um, hmm. Certainly, uh, you know, it'd certainly be worth a look. I should probably sign up to that. Um, as I say, I mostly use uh, WeTransfer, which is hmm. a fabulous service, and how the hell they provide that for nothing, I don't know, but there we are. <laughs> Um, there we go. Interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, tech, technology stories. This, I like this one, Pete. Uh, Ikea, uh, 3D printed add-ons makes furniture accessible for people with disabilities. Mm. Um, this was on The Verge. Um, it's a selection of, um, 3D printable items, which you can download, uh, from the site. The site is called, uh, This Ables. Apparently, um, they have his uh, suggestions. Uh, what they say here is the th- um, IKEA furniture is ubiquitous because it is affordable, but it is not always accessible to everyone, especially people with disabilities. For yeah. example, some wardrobe wardrobes are handleless. It can be difficult to turn on a lamp with tiny switches. Um, to remedy this, IKEA Israel have time teamed up with a non-profit. Milbat and Access Israel to develop This Ables, a line of 3D printed add-ons for IKEA furniture. Um, currently, 13 designs are available. Um, slip over IKEA furniture and accessories to turn a small button into a giant one or to lift a couch a few inches from the ground to help make getting up easier. Yeah. Um, Okay, installation for all of the 3D modifications are demonstrated on the IKEA Israel's YouTube page. Okay, yeah, well, I like this. I like this. They've yeah, got things it here. It looks good. The, um, uh, the friendly zipper looks uh, quite interesting and looks handy for anyone who wants to do a coat up while they're wearing gloves, to be honest. Yes, yes. Um, or if you've... <laughs> Uh, yeah, or if you've ever tried to do up a small child's coat, well, uh, <laughs> don't yeah. want you to, and are wriggling, yeah, come here. Um, so we've we've got here, for example, an easy handle which looks like it slips over the edge of the you know door or drawer to give you an easy um yeah an easy handle. We've got a, a mega switch which looks like basically a, I'm pretty sure that's like a big button that goes over the top of a small button. Hmm. Um, cane by me, which is uh. Yeah, that's a um, a walking stick, uh, you know, hook. Um, yeah. For those who need to use a, a you, yes, that might seem trivial, but if you've ever had to use a, a walking stick any amount, you'll soon find how annoying it is that there's nowhere to put the damn thing when you sit down. There and, isn't, is and there? And then, and then it, you know, if you have to use one all the time, and then it will, wherever you put it, it will fall over. Yeah. And then you somehow Definitely. have to try and retrieve the damn thing from the floor. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's quite a nice little mod, simply a hook to hang your walking stick on. Um, very nice. So currently uh, 13 mods for IKEA items there, um, and they are welcoming suggestions for more product add-ons. There we go. Yeah, no, good idea. That's off to them, uh, especially if you've got access to a 3D uh, printer. Yes, obviously. Um, yeah. But then, uh, you know, if you, I, I'm sure if you were in need, there are possibly uh, places you could get such things done. Yeah, yes, I'm sure uh, there is. Yeah, um, perhaps, um, I mean, I know, for example, you said your your school has purchased a 3D printer. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So if you're um, if you're the parent of a um, secondary school age uh, uh, student and um, the school has a 3D printer, I'm sure that they would uh, welcome the idea of doing a, uh, a a lesson or so around 3D printing um, some of these things or um, to help uh, differently abled people. Yeah, um, and yes, it would be. Um make a good uh, an interesting uh, lesson subject i would have thought yeah you know yeah. you could incorporate um 3d printing possibly designing 3d objects of course and um explaining how simple things can help people who have you know disabilities yeah. of one sort or another yeah um yeah it's easy to get caught up in the idea that you know people who you know have uh, disabilities need to have you know big solutions um Often, and, and often it's just the little things, isn't it? Yes, often it is. <laughs> it is often little things that people find um, annoying uh, or difficult. You know, mm. um, there we are. That was that. Um, we've got. Um, I've got a couple here. Um, we're sort of coming to the end now, Pete. To be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we did the national uh, cyber security. Uh, Dougie um, has put one in the Slack room. Um, Macquisition will decrypt physical images from Macs with T2 chips. Um, apparently, this is um, you know a digital forensic tool. Um, mm. Our Mac forensic tool, Macquisition, will be the first and only solution to produce a decrypted physical image of Apple's latest Mac systems, which utilize the T2 chip. Um, now, the T2 chip is only in um, a certain number of uh, Macs, isn't it? It's, it's is in it the, only in the MacBook Pros? I, at the moment, I think it's in the MacBook Pros. Might be in the iMac Pro. Right. Um, I suspect that the T2 chip will come to um, more Apple yeah. devices as time goes on. Um, yeah, yeah. Every, well, right. According to this, every right. Mac computer starting from late 2017 um, okay. relies on Apple's T2 security chip for hardware-assisted encryption of data. Um, okay. Apple's T2 encryption methodology is unique to each Mac, and critical data can only be decrypted using the keys stored on that system's T2 chip. Um, right. Although it is infeasible to extract the encryption keys from the T2 chip, Blackbag has built the only solution which works with the chip to decrypt the file system at collection time. Um, okay. Um, unlike other products which require admin credentials just to obtain logical data, Blackbag can do this without the user's credentials or a recovery key. Um, mm -hmm. Credentials are required if the additional security of File Vault is also enabled. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, that's kind of both scary and interesting. Um, and I imagine, now it's come to light, I imagine Apple will um, uh, sort that out. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. you know, this is um, this mm. is a company, obviously, who, you know, sell to people like uh, at Dougie. Yeah. Who, who, you know, who work for um, law enforcement and... Uh, the like interesting not quite sure uh, dougie didn't offer any um comment on it i have to say um of course <laughs> he's in an interesting position isn't he uh andy because he uses these tools to do his job <laughs> and <laughs> yet at the same time he's quite often uh appalled by <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah what you can do <laughs> what you can do if you know how um yeah there we are uh 
I guess yeah, what I that think... tells you is if you are up to nefarious things, use file vault. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing, then yeah. again, if you're doing nefarious things, you should be probably um, <laughs> staying away from computers most of the time anyway. <laughs> uh, there we are. That was that. Um, IBM have been naughty, apparently, and have been using Flickr photos for facial recognition big data. Um, yeah. To be to be fair to them, when you read through the story, uh, they've taken images from um, – it's a data set of Flickr images originally compiled by Yahoo, mm. and they were photos that were um, listed under the Creative Commons license. Um, you know, meaning that they can be uh, reused without I think, any. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It, this is one of those where it's sort of a borderline. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, they're they're just working on the images themselves, taking measurements of people's faces. There, there's no personal data. No, I was going to say the, the thing here is, um, you know, a digital rights group said that that IBM's actions represented a huge threat to people's privacy. Yeah, um, sure. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, no. I think there's, I think there's other things that represent a huge threat to our, <laughs> the personal privacy. Um, the, it was the measurements of people's faces rather than the photos themselves that IBM has compiled into its own data set. Yeah. I, yes, I'm, you know, I'm not keen on big businesses hoovering up mm. huge amounts of data, mm. um, without anybody's consent. But in this case, um, maybe they should have been a bit more open about what they were going to do but yeah. i don't you know this is this is not this is not really impinging on anybody's personal privacy is it they're downloading a million photographs and stuffing them into um you know a big data um yeah, yeah. in in order to get ai to recognize what is a human face uh, more readily than um yeah, it, it's not extracting personal data. Mm. I mean, you know, somebody said here, Flickr's community guidelines say don't be crudely. IBM has gone far beyond it. Uh, using yeah. these photos in this way is a flagrant breach of anti-creepiness. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that, really. I, um, I don't, yeah. you know, they probably should have asked maybe or said something well they probably did they probably did a deal with yahoo for the for the data yeah. so yeah they said can you sell us this <laughs> you know or can we yeah i'm i'm pretty sure um they're not interested in anybody individually are they that's it's of no consequence to them what they want is millions of photographs containing people's faces yeah they just want a, a large data set to train their ai system exactly essentially um Talking talking about um, data sets, um, somebody uh, commented. I think it was on Twitter. There was a comment about you know those awful captcha uh, things that say, click all the squares with cars. Oh or yeah, click well, all the one. You know they yeah. they were always like uh, click all the ones with cars, click all the ones yeah. with um, traffic lights, click all the ones with road signs. Um, somebody in a sort of a semi throwaway, slightly uh, you know slightly jokey i think uh said is, is this actually really just being used to train uh driverless car ai <laughs> to help it help it understand what a traffic light looks like yeah 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 well if yeah if you're programming a driverless car ai you probably want a, a data set of um to uh uh train your ai yeah 
Well, actually, uh, and thinking about it, you know, I'm sure it's probably not, but it, it's quite yeah. amusing because, yes, what did you've got all these millions of people going, this is, you know, this is a sign, this is a... <laughs> Yeah, um, you yeah. could use that very well to uh, train an AI to pick out road signs and shop fronts and cars. There we are. Um, no, the, the whole IBM thing, um, I think that's possibly a little on the hysterical side, yeah. to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm fairly tinfoil hatted. There's a lot of things I really don't like that people like Facebook and Google get up to. Um, I really don't think I'd get all that upset about that. It doesn't strike me as particularly creepy in that sense why is it any more creepy than saying we took um you know we we watched 10 million hours of bbc tv and used that to train facial recognition um no the the stuff's out there sorry the stuff's out there on Flickr. that's within it's not like they were stealing the pictures and reusing them. That would be a whole different ballgame, no. wouldn't it? You know, if they, no. if I, IBM were taking pictures from Flickr and then using them in their advertising brochures, that would be a whole different ballgame. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. and staying with the last, the last one on uh, privacy that I've got down here is uh, Proton Mail. Um, have published their transparency report. Um, as you know, I'm a big Proton Mail user. Yeah. Oh, aren't you? Yeah. Um, right. It says here from time to time, Proton Mail may receive requests for assistance from law enforcement authorities. As a strict general rule, Proton Mail only complies with legally binding requests approved by the Swiss authorities. Moreover, under 271 of the Swiss Criminal Code, it is an offence to comply with a foreign request which has not been approved by the Swiss authorities. So, therefore, Proton Mail only complies with two types of requests. Requests directly from the Swiss authorities and foreign requests which have been instructed and validated by the Swiss authorities. Hmm. Um, and then as they say here, okay, Proton Mail is not required to store communications, metadata or IP information. We are exempted from the Swiss Federal Act on the Surveillance of Post and Telecommunications, hmm. whatever that might be. Um, yeah. Proton Mail can apply a policy of collecting as little user information as possible. Um, see here, right, uh, all data requests are checked by our internal abuse and legal team in the event that we have mm. questions about the legality of the request. Um, and then they have um, a list on their warrant canary of various things. Uh, basically, um, January 2019, we discovered evidence that a data request from an EU country in Eastern Europe may have been improperly targeting a whistleblower which exposed corruption involving a high-ranking politician. As a result, yeah. we are opposing the assistance request from the Swiss prosecutor's office. Um, and there's a list of various uh, things that they've done yeah. um, going back about uh, five years there. Uh, most yeah. of them uh, basically will say, we received a request uh, regarding uh, an overseas company which came with a valid international le- letter, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, it says whether they decided to, uh, uh, you know, comply or or not, um, or to fight. Uh, what they have got, which is quite uh, rather more shocking, I guess, is the aggregated statistics. Mm. Um, for 2017, Proton Mail received 13 requests direct from Swiss authorities and 13 uh, approved by the Swiss authorities, and they contested three of these uh, requests and complied with 23. Um, 2018, they re- they received 262 requests from the mm. Swiss authorities and 76 approved by the Swiss authorities, and they have contested four of these. 
uh, and complied with 336. So that's a pretty massive jump. It is, isn't it? I guess that's also probably uh, partially um, related to their growth because, you know... Uh, that's what I'm thinking. They yeah. are, you know, they, you know, they're relatively new and I'm pretty sure their, um, their user growth has accelerated in the last couple of years. Um, mm. Overall, yeah. I, did, I did read through most of this and, uh, for example, um, uh, as nearly all of these where they say, um, you know, after reviewing a relevant court order, Proton Technologies agreed to comply with the data request to the extent that it is possible given our cryptography. Um, okay, uh, here we have one in first quarter of 2017. We received a request um, received, uh, yeah, concerning alleged cybercrime in Georgia. After reviewing this re relevant court order, our legal team determined that this request was excessively broad. We have challenged this request. Um, mm. There we go. Overall, um, I mean, there was one or there's one or two here where um it they they've said you know e evidence was presented of uh criminal activity um and uh you know this was blatantly outside our terms of service and we uh you know served up what information we had uh, as soon as possible uh you know even before we required uh paperwork was um was received but um here we go court order was received soon after we rendered assistance so uh you know i think that's good that's clear they're quite clear here about what they're yeah. doing um effectively what they're saying you know we do not they do not attempt to obstruct uh the law you know in uh in any way they do their best to preserve uh you know your user um privacy yeah, but you, if you're found to be man, aren't you and you know, uh, you've used them for some time yeah um here we go. In May 2018, upon request from a top law enforcement officer in an EU country and in a case involving terrorism with imminent threat, we disabled an account and rendered assistance with assurance from the Swiss authorities that the court order would be on its way. Mm. We, we received a court order per our standard procedure for cases like this. Um, we will ensure all applicable due process was followed. Um, but, you know, what they're openly saying here is if, if we think you, you know, if it would appear that you are engaged in, um, you know, blatantly illegal, um, blatantly illegal behavior, then you're outside their terms of service anyway. And they don't, uh, yes. they don't feel any, any reason to uh, not um, assist the legal, um, you know, the legal authorities. Well, um, I think we're pretty much done now, Pete. Um, I think so. I think that's pretty much it. Um, worth a chirp. Um, worth a chirp here, which is about it. Um, this came from Mac Jim. If you can't find a symbol you need on the iOS keyboard, um, he has a link here to uh, a website um, where uh, called Glyphboard, hmm. um, which allows you, which shows um, you know various dingbats which you can cut and paste. Hmm. Um, I've had a look in the App Store. There's quite a lot of uh, apps that will do this for you as well. Um, yeah. The first couple I downloaded, which were free, immediately opened up with an advert, so they went straight in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> there are some you can put, you know, if you if you yeah. need one, I'm sure it's worth paying 99p or £1.99 for one that doesn't yeah. have adverts in it. Um, usually they're just a huge table of uh, all the uh, uh, all the uh, Unicode symbols. Yeah. Um, and finally, I haven't really had a chance to look at this one because Mac Jim literally posted it as we were about to uh, start recording the show. And this is called the Wi-Fi Blast. Um, 
the the bit that goes with it, which I did read, um, implies that uh, greedy internet service providers uh, actually choke off people's uh, bandwidth over time. Um, now, this might be an American thing. I don't know. Um, basically, it's an advert for a product called the Wi-Fi Blast, which uh, claims to keep your uh, internet uh, unthrottled. So hmm. there we go. Um, can't say anything more about it than that because I haven't really had any chance to have a look at it. Um, yeah, maybe we'll we'll have a look at that for next time. Yep, there we are. Um, well, I think that's enough. I think we've covered all the stories, really. I okay. think so. Yeah. So, um, thank you very much for coming on and helping okay, me no out. Okay, no problem. No and, problem. Uh, this is, of course, where we wrap it up. So you get to uh, plug whatever it is wherever you uh, you know can be found, if anywhere. No, I I, I used to use Twitter quite a lot, but. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, the delights of social media are passing me by these days. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, you if you want to uh, send a tweet to Pete, he is on Twitter as uh, at Hermboy. Um, mm -hmm. he, he might eventually pick it up and get back to you. <laughs> If not, probably far better is to join the Slack room where, uh, you know, Pete, along with the rest of us, uh, hangs out. And uh, I think that's about it. So yeah. I, I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, and all of the Essential Apple stuff is over at EssentialApple.com, as I'm sure everybody listening knows. So um, what I will say um, is that uh, after... The uh, event on the 25th, uh, the It's Showtime. I have secured as a guest Carolina uh, Milanese, who is uh, from Creative Strategies and part of the Tech Pinions team. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to her take on what Apple reveal on the 25th. But uh, other than that, I think we'll say goodbye, shall we? Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Great news for photographers. A company called Black Eye Lens, website blackeyelens.com, from Helsinki, Finland, has a series of new high-quality universal clip-on lenses that must be seen to be appreciated. Go to the website and see the videos on how they work. The first one we are evaluating here at Nemo's Hardware Store is the Pro Portrait Tele G4, P-R-O. P-O-R-T-R-A-I-T-T-E-L-E-G-4. Works on all modern smartphones. We've been testing it on the original iPhone 10, both in 1X and 2X mode. The Portrait Tele G4 increases the focal length by 2.5 times. So when you want to get much, much closer without zooming in or cropping, using the original lens, whether it's a 1X or a 2X, on any of your new iPhones, depending on what model you have, it makes the subject pop much, much closer. This is the lens we have been waiting for forever, iPhone photographers. It's substantial but also compact with a beautiful protected coated high quality premium lens. It's about an inch across, roughly, the lens part. The entire assembly with the clip fits in my hand when I grip it. The clamp is quite substantial. Got a good gripping mechanism and strong spring. There is a very, very important lens cover to keep on it to protect the optics. It also includes a cleaning cloth and a fairly flimsy synthetic 
drawstring bag to carry it in. I'm going to put it in something much more robust for protection. Cost in the U.S. is $90. You will find it in your country. Simon will have the links for as many countries as he can find. For the Pro Portrait Tele G4 Universal flip-on lens for all iPhones last couple of years. It also does work on the competition, but we're concerned here about the iPhone X, the R, the S, the Max. You know who you are. This is a fabulous product, and many of us here at Essential Apple are quite serious photographers, and we are going to go bonkers with the options we can have, the improved photography we can do, getting much, much closer without moving closer, using the Black Eye Lens Pro Portrait Tele G4. Excellent product. Thank you for bringing this to our attention, our new friends in Helsinki, Finland. Back next week with more of hardware and otherware from Nemo. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Everybody, please stand by to stand by. And, uh, well, we'll be right back. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast. All right, so so, so let's um, let's carry on. But I'm still laughing about something that happened just before we started recording. And we're going to talk about that right now. I don't know if you, you heard, Guy, but Sal... <laughs> Sal Segoin. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. He's leaving Apple. It's a tragedy for everybody. <laughs> oh dear, this is not going well, is it? We are so childish. We, we are. Really are. It's the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.